Hello, Bettys. Welcome to the show. Before we get to our guest today, I just wanted to let you know that we have such an epic list of guests coming up in March. We are talking about menopause. We're talking about autoimmunity. We're talking about muscle building. We're talking about recovery practices. And I don't want you to miss any of it. Even if you are listening to the podcast, you may not necessarily be subscribed. So you're going to have to manually go into your podcast app and press play. I would love for you to hit that subscribe button so that you are getting the podcast as they are released. It's going to make me oh so happy to know that you are a subscriber of the pod. You are officially a Betty in the Bettyverse. And of course, you are never going to miss an episode and be the first to know when it drops. Thank you so much. At the end of the day, I want it to be love for me and I wanted to have friends. And it wasn't until I can love me enough, pour into Lisa enough, affirm Lisa enough to say, hold on, I'm enough woman. I'm smart enough. I'm loving enough, then I could say, now I'm ready to take the jacket off. And it it happened to take me 19 years. I've been fighting with one arm tied behind my back. But what happens when I'm finally set free? What we do in life echoes in eternity. It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. Only love can truly save the world. This is my mission now, forever. Welcome back to the Better with Dr. Stephanie podcast. I am your host, Dr. Stephanie Estima. In today's conversation, I sat with Lisa Nichols, one of the world's most requested motivational speakers on the planet, and we had a really great discussion around mindset. Now, this particular episode was, is very special to me. It was my, even though it hasn't come out in this chronological order, Lisa was the first interviewer that I had as a pod, the first person I interviewed for the Better Podcast. So you will probably hear in my voice the excitement and the overall love. You probably can hear the love coming out of my eyes for her because she was such a wonderful person for me to kick off the podcast with. If you know anything about Lisa's story, she has extraordinary story about transforming her own life. So she started off in the ghetto, South Central LA, on public assistance to leading this multi-million dollar enterprise and is an inspiration to everybody. Uh, And if dare I say, she is my girl crush of 2019 and 2020. She's appeared on Oprah, the Today Show, the Dr. Phil Show, the Steve Harvey Show, Extra. Uh, She was one of the featured teachers of The Secret, which was a global worldwide phenomenon when it came out. She is a best-selling author of six books. We discussed her seventh book, Abundance Now, in the podcast as well. And some of the topics that we talked about, uh, we talked about goal setting. You know, what are some of the frameworks that she has around setting up a goal? How often does she set goals? What about forgiveness? And this was a very personal question of mine because that is something that I think I, and I hope that you can also relate to is what does the process of forgiveness look like? Is it linear? Is it nonlinear? Does it just happen and you wake up? She goes into her frameworks and on about forgiveness. We talked about weight loss. We talked about what it means for her when we think about someone who has achieved the amount of prowess that she has in the, on the speaker circuit, I asked her, what type of personal development, how does that factor in in terms of being a transformational speaker? And her answer to that was uh, really great. What it's like to overcome fear. What is fear? How does it represent itself? And the idea of being uh, awake to some of the unconscious blind spots that we have and the importance of community. She has done her work. She took every question that we uh, had, and I was throwing some hardball questions at her with grace and ease, and she smashed them out of the park. Absolutely a joy for me to have had Lisa as my first ever person to interview for the podcast, and I hope that you enjoy this interview with her as much as I had interviewing her. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Lisa Nichols. I am a huge fan of the Bio Optimizers Magnesium Breakthrough. It has seven forms of magnesium, which is going to help to transform your stress and your performance and your recovery and your sleep to the next level. I'm often asked like, well, what are the types of magnesium we should be looking for? So there's magnesium chelate and citrate and bisglycinate and malate, sucrosomial, 
orate and orotate. They have various effects on the body. Bisglycinate, probably the most bioavailable and most absorbable. Malate, it's found naturally in fruits, helps with migraines. Chronic pain has been shown to help improve depression. Magnesium citrate uh, helps with arterial stiffness. It helps with maintaining a healthy weight. Magnesium chelate is important for muscle building, recovery and health. The list goes on and on. You're basically getting them all in one supplement. Each supplement itself is 500 milligrams of magnesium, which I feel is such a great dosage as a great baseline for most women. I have found a beautiful medium of actually cycling my magnesium. So I actually will take one or two of these. So I'm either getting 500 milligrams or up to a gram of magnesium, depending on where I am in my cycle. So head on over to biooptimizers.com forward slash better and use code better for 10% off of any order, but make sure that the magnesium breakthrough is in your cart. Don't be fooled by the frigid temperatures. Keeping hydrated in the wintertime is super important. In colder temperatures, we sweat more due to a higher metabolic demand of trying to maintain a core body temperature. We lose more fluids and electrolytes through our urine. We lose more water through respiration and just general breathing. And our skin dries out in the wintertime as well. We are a ski family, and over this winter, we have been using Elementee's Chocolate Medley. The chocolate chai is absolutely incredible with some boiling water, a splash of milk, and my kids love the chocolate mint with some hot water. This is our apres-ski. We cozy up with Element Hot After Hours on our cross-country trails. Now, for a limited time, you too can get the Element Tea Chocolate Medley and enjoy them hot as I have been doing with this exclusive insider bundle for you. When you buy three boxes of any flavor, it doesn't have to be the chocolate, it can be any of the flavors that they offer, you are going to get the fourth box free. If you head over to drinkelement.com forward slash Dr. Estima, you'll see that exclusive offer at the bottom of the page. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And tell me which of the chocolate melody you love the best. You know, when we think about mindset coaches and when we think about, you know, people who are inspirational and transformational leaders, those aren't often checkboxes on the high school, like doctor, lawyer, pilot, transformational coach. I would love for you to maybe share some of your story. And particularly, I would, I would be really interested to know where in your life you can first attribute, you know, one of your successes to your mindset. Hmm. Good question. My journey to get here was... Uh, I needed to rescue my own life, you know, to be quite honest with you. It wasn't about, I want to grow up and be a transformational coach. No, it was, I need to rescue me. So that was first and foremost. Uh, My qualification is I learned how to turn my mess into a mountain of possibility. And I remember my first thought around wanting to do something was, how do I give myself the future I know I deserve? And I also was tired of hearing people say, you have potential. I wanted to to meet, like, excuse me, can I wake up tomorrow and meet this thing that you guys keep talking about called potential? And so I went on a hunt. I didn't want anyone else to say and talk about who I could become. I wanted to see her and meet her. And so I was literally on this quest. I remember uh, I was 29. And when I, when it just kind of, I was like, hold on, I can only take myself as far as I can take myself based on what I know. I need to go no more. And honestly, before then I hadn't read a lot of books. I wasn't a reader because I'm functionally dyslexic. Reading was difficult to me. For me, it was painful. Um, But I started reading books very slowly. I don't think I finished a book in the next three years. I don't think I finished one, but I would jump around in them. And I go, oh, that's good. I'm going to try that out. Oh, that's good. And then I started going, oh, I think these people might meet up at, in places. I did, I'd never heard about a conference. I grew up with school and church. That mm-hmm. was it. School mm-hmm. and church. There was no conference. Like, who goes to conferences? And so I went to this meeting. A friend of mine said, I think you might want to go to this meeting. They're talking about entrepreneurs. I think that's what you want to be. I go to this meeting. 
I'm the only woman in the room. I'm the only person of color in the room. There's all older white men and myself. And I saw the video and I was like, that looks good. It looks like they're dreaming there. And everyone looks like they're trying to make something that they don't have. That's me. And I remember telling the guy, hey, I want to go there. Are women and people of color welcome? He was like, absolutely. And so fast forward nine years later, I was the key person on their videos, of course, because he wanted to let everyone else know. And so I just started doing things I'd never done before. I was willing to have an unfamiliar life. See, most people want something new, but they want to keep things familiar. I was okay. I was bankrupt. The day I ran out of money and had to put, had to wrap Jelani in a towel for two days because yeah. I didn't have money to put buy Pampers for him, I was done. Stephanie, at that point, I said, I'm willing to do whatever and undo whatever. And so my pursuit to transformation didn't necessarily come with, I want to change the world the way a lot of people comes these days. Mine came with, I want to change my life. And then after I got my oxygen and I realized, Jelani, we're okay. I, I think we're okay. Matter of fact, I think we're more than okay. Then I went, oh, if it worked for me, maybe I should show a few other people how to do it. Literally, maybe I should just show a few other people how to do it. And that's how it started. One of the things I, I love about you, I've been uh, reading up on you, consuming your content, and you talk about, you know, when you were in line in the food, you know, getting in line to get it food stamps for you and Jelani. And one of the thing, one of the powerful things I think you've done, and maybe you can touch on this a little bit, is you redefine. Someone might say, being in a line getting food stamps—that's you know shameful. You failed. This is like a evidence that you are not worthy. But I think the way that you decided to look at it in that moment, or maybe when you were reflecting later on, is that it's actually one of the most courageous things that you can do to stand in that line and say, you know what, I am here before you and I'm asking for help. Yeah. I knew I loved myself. I said, I love me enough to give me what I need. Mm -hmm. And what I need right now is help. Yeah. So that I I learned that early on that asking for support is a form of self-care. Like that's, that's your responsibility to your breathtaking future is mm-hmm. the help you need right now so you can get to your breathtaking future. And so I was in that line full of gratitude. Yes, I did have some shame that other people were helping me feed my child. They were facilitating the shame. Yeah. yeah. Let me, let me be clear. However, I knew that my now did not equal my next. My now was a setup. And I always, when I was in the line getting government assistance, I remember asking the woman, can you look at me? She said, no, 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 I'm busy. Hurry up. I said, no, I need you to look at me. And she said, ma'am, I need you to hurry up. And I hit the table. And Mm -hmm. I said, I need you to see my eyes. Yeah. She looked up at me startled. And I said, I want you to know that I'm a good investment of your help. Now she's giving me food stamps. And I said, I won't be here forever. I kid you not. I was nine months pregnant with Jelani, eight months pregnant. And I said, remember my name, Lisa Nichols, because I'm going to make this help worthwhile for you. And she just sat there frozen. She was like, okay. And I often think about that social worker. And I wonder if she noticed who she was helping that day or who, mm-hmm. what her help did, what her help did. Because mm-hmm. that day I was Lisa. And today I'm Lisa. I'm just... Lisa, who have done something with that support. And so I look at everywhere you are, use it as a segue. And if anyone knows what I'm talking about, I can't see your faces, but type your name in chat. If you know, I'm real big on that. Like, just raise your hand, be, be happy with going, this is me. And I'm in my best season ever. Yeah. It's riddled with some challenges. Yeah. I got to make some hard decisions. Yeah. I got some people that are difficult to love, but I'm perfect for such a time as this. Like this is who I am and this is not where I'll stay. And even when you're in somewhere amazing, I have my friends who have multi-million dollar businesses. We live this lifestyle and I go, hold on, you got to invest in your now. So mm. that you're, you're even your your amazing ascends, you know. So yeah, it was um it was a, a conscious decision, Stephanie. I, I was very clear, Giovanni, that that it was my birthright to have abundance. I didn't care what my bank account said. 
It was my birthright to have abundance. I didn't care that I was single. My birthright said that I'm abundantly for love. I was I was over 200 pounds. My birthright said I get to be healthy. So even though there was no physical evidence at the time, mm-hmm. it didn't change what I knew to be so, which is why in The Secret, you hear me say, I know, like I know, like I know, like I know. Because at the time, yeah. I, I, all I could know is what was in my heart, my mind. Can I get a yes, yes? <laughs> Can I get a yes, yes? <laughs> I wanted to just kind of expanding on that. Let's talk about your weight loss because I was reading Abundance Now when you were talking about wanting to lose the weight, doing all of the things like buying the clothes, getting the pantry cleaned out, all the good food, and you know, telling people about the goal, trying to manifest it, and then not necessarily making you know the progress that you wanted. I can relate to that. I think we all can relate to that story. We've all been there. Like I have, you know, books on Portuguese that are just sitting collecting dust in a, you know, there's always been a goal that I've wanted to start that I haven't necessarily followed through on. What was the the needle mover for you? What was the thing that made you move forward in in being able to shed those 70 pounds? So what was the catalyst to me releasing the now 88 pounds was, first of all, I always say that health and fitness is as much emotional as it is physical. And what I kept addressing was the physical. I kept addressing the behaviors and the lifestyle. uh, And in my head, that was the solution. When, while behavior and lifestyle, what you put in your body is, is very key. Obviously, how much you're in physical activity is very key. There's an emotional component that was rarely addressed in my journey. And I believe it's rarely addressed in anyone's journey. That is why did I put the jacket on in the first place? So I call it my jacket because it covered the real me. Um, But Why did I put it on in the first place? I was a 13 year athlete. I swam competition. I did synchronized swimming. I was a track runner. I was a state champion. I held the 330 low records record at my high school for 18 years. So the bigger question was, why did I put the jacket of 88 pounds on? And when I begin to search into that and I begin to look at that, that was more difficult than, you know, eating a high protein, high vegetable diet. That was me having to address that in my 20s, I bought into the subscription that the room called love had to be entered through the door called sex. Mm. And with this amazing body, I had like a Serena Williams body, very Mm. thick, very healthy, very, I didn't have the emotional awareness and literacy to go. I know, right. I I see the chats. I didn't have the emotional healthiness to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't have to seek love in the arms of a man. I don't have to seek my validation in the arms of a man. Let me first validate me. I don't have to seek my completion in the arms of a man. Two and two does not complete each other. Please complete yourself and I'll complete myself. And then let's allow our, our completion to complement one another. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't get that. And so I was looking for someone to complete me. And in doing that, you know, that there's that romantic thing that occurs initially and it didn't end up happily ever after like it does in the movies, you know. And so I began to draw in because of that. And then I'd walk into a room. The other thing was I walk into a room with my light. I've had this light since I was five years old. I have a picture of me, you know, with my little my Lisa light. And I noticed that women would contract because I had the light and the body. And when I was around their partners, their men they would, I could see the, a look of caution. Mm-hmm. And so I had these two things going on. My relationship with men felt like it was being disrupted because of this body. My relationship with women felt like it was being prevented because of this body and this personality. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just telling you what no, you know, what no one really says out loud. I began to put this jacket on because when I became this mother earth image over 200 pounds, all of a sudden people saw my personality more. Mm-hmm. And women felt safer in my presence. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I wanted to be loved for me and I wanted to have friends. And it wasn't until I can love me enough, pour into Lisa enough, affirm Lisa enough to say, hold on, I'm enough woman. I'm smart enough. I'm loving enough. Then I could say, now I'm ready to take the jacket off. And it, it happened to take me 19 years. Mm-hmm. 
I love that. That's such a pat. I mean, I think that, you know, we're doing this podcast with, uh, with a bit of an audience and I think that that's really resonating with the, uh, the people that are listening in here. And let's, let's dive a little bit deeper into that. Cause you said, you know, first I have to validate myself first. I had to love myself first. If we think about if that's a goal that somebody has, if the, if the goal that they have is loving themselves or feeling worthy, you know, the, these feelings of validation are coming from within. Are there frameworks that you follow in terms of setting a goal and, you know, how often do you kind of revisit these goals? Is it a, is it a yearly thing, a quarterly thing, daily thing? Right. How do you sort of download the goal that you want? You visualize the goal that you want and you say, okay, how am I going to execute this? What are the frameworks or, or uh, tactics that you use to, to set a goal, like such a you know, lofty one, like validating yourself? Right. So um, thank you, Sherry. So first of all, if there's anyone, just to let me know I'm not alone. I love community. Y'all know I love community. So if anyone here is with us and you can relate to what I'm saying, I like this word called YANA, Y-A-N-A, YANA, Y-A-N-A. And you know, Stephanie, what it means. You are not alone. I mean, Lisa, you are not alone. So YANA. So y'all YANA me as much as you can. So I know that we're in this together. Mm-hmm. And if I say something that disrupts your soul and you needed to hear it, say B-O-L, breakthrough out loud. I like to just have this dialogue. I love it. I love it. I love the YANAs coming in already. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes, um, yes, YANA. What I, what I do to really set a goal in place is I'm real big on visualizations. Mm. Really big. And so I first see myself there already. But beyond seeing myself, Stephanie, I feel myself there. So Mm -hmm. I feel like a vision helps you see what you want to get, but the feeling, the feeling is the turbo boost. So I don't want to just see it. I want to feel it. What does it feel like for, I used to visualize to the point where I got tearful, what it felt like to be one of my son's top five best friends. Mm. And I did it when he was seven Mm. and I would just sit and I would just go, okay, Mm. yes. And I would just allow myself. I wouldn't stop. I, I, I have the feeling. So two days ago when my son and I are laying across the bed, we both had just finished a big thing. I just taught another speaker's mastermind, like the one that our friend JJ version attended. And my son was the culinary coordinator for it because he's a chef and he cooked for 58 people for five days. And I taught 58 people for five days. And so we were so tired and we were both out on the bed and we were laying across the bed and he turned over on his side and he said, I really love hanging out with you, mom. And I had, I had already seen this moment. I had already seen this 15 years ago. And I thought, whoa, this is the evidence. This is it. And I teared up and he leaned forward and literally wiped my tears off my face. Bless. And so the mm-hmm. first thing I did was I saw what happened two days ago. I saw it back then. I let myself feel it back then. But you have to open up and this is going to be, this is going to, I want, I really want you to get this because this is so important, Giovanni and Stephanie and everyone listening. You have to be willing to open up a part of your emotion to it. That part that we protect from wanting just in case it doesn't happen. No, 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 no. All in. You got to let yourself, you got to feel the desire of how good it feels to be in passionate love. You got to let the butterfly in your belly leap for him or her before they arrive. You got to feel the joy of having financial abundance and being a good steward of it. You got to see the things that you would use your money to, to buy the good you do in the world and feel the joy that came with it. You got to see yourself giving to the women and battered shelters and the children and different, you got to see yourself and let yourself feel it. Give yourself permission to feel what it's like to be there before you ever start. Most people don't. You protect yourself from the feeling just in case it doesn't work. The plan B. You only let half Mm. yourself want it. You only Mm. let half, you only make half of yourself available. So if you don't give it 100, why would it give you 100? And so give it 100. People say, Steve Harvey said, how did you do this? How did you, what happened? How did you go from welfare to Wall Street? I said, I didn't have a plan B. 
I had plan A1, plan A2, plan A3, plan A4, but it was always plan A. I think that that is probably the, I think the thing that people most get wrong about The Secret. So you were, you were featured on The Secret. You're one of the teachers of The Secret. About to say it. Yeah. You know, you were like, you talk about visualization. What are, what are some of the things like, just expand on that a little bit. What are some of the things you think people get wrong about their, you know, interpretation of The Secret in terms of visualization and execution? Uh, Number one is that they can just sit down and visualize like for the next 20 years, like, hello. All you're going to get is a big dent in your couch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you get up? It, we, it took us 51 minutes just to open your mind. In yeah. the 52nd minute, if it were a, a part two, it yeah. would be now. Let's get up. Let's make a strategy. Let's get into radical action. Joan Baez says that action is the antidote for despair. Lisa Nichols adds that action is the prescription for success. How is it that one verb, the same verb, can be the the solution to your problem and the access to your dreams? One word, action. And once you get in action, as you're in action, make a strategy. Because if you're out there doing what I call braille-based visualizing, it's like, hello, wait. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> set a strategy up get fun. that's what people do like i want some of this i want some of this i want some yeah. of this, want some yeah. of this. Yeah. Hold on. let's get clear where do you see yourself in five years what does it look like with great clarity what's your financial bank account look like what's the balance in it now what are the revenue streams that created that balance mm-hmm. you know how many days a week did you work to get that balance did, were you with a partner to get that balance where are you living how did you get there well, who are you in, involved with romantically? And are you open to them? Do you have a friendship? What does that friendship look like? And once you get all of that in place through your visualization, now reverse engineer what you got to do to get there. First, literally set your GPS and spend time seeing it and feeling it. And then go back and go, now, what's the strategy to get there? Because now it's not unfamiliar. Now you're running after a taste that you've already had in your mouth right? Pavlov theory, ring the bell and you salivate for your own life, right? <laughs> oh my God. So good. And, and then have someone hold you accountable. Gladiators don't have anyone holding them accountable. Mm. And we, get, we actually get a little offended if someone holds us accountable. No, 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 please, please listen to my dream. See my visualization and don't let me off the hook. Get this of the woman I'm becoming of the man you're becoming. And you got to watch out because the bigger your bio, the less people will hold you accountable to who you are becoming because who you've been is so big. Please don't be overly impressed by who I've been. That's so 08. Please hold me accountable <laughs> to who I'm becoming. Like I'm committed. So, so those are the things I do. One, get in action. Two, set a clear vision. Three, reverse engineer the strategy. Four, get someone to hold you accountable. And three, check in consistently to make sure that you are you haven't outlived your dream. I looked up five years ago and I had outlived my dream, Stephanie. I didn't see seven bestsellers. I didn't see 56 million people, uh, over 56 million people touched a year. I didn't see Bulgaria. I didn't see Slovenia. I didn't see Croatia. I didn't see Ireland. I didn't see Phuket. I didn't see blah, 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 all these... I didn't even study geography. <laughs> like, like I, I skipped the class, so I didn't even know about these places, right? And so five years ago, I couldn't dream. I literally was like, whoa, I've outdone my dream. That was scary for me. And that's when I started going, I just got on my knees. I got on my knees every day. God, what's my next season? What's my next season? I have to have a dream. I have to have something pulling me. I have to know where I'm going. I, I'm go- I have to. And so I stayed on my face until I got it. And that's when it came up that you're going to teach teachers. That's when I, the speaker training was born, believe it or not. Mm. That's how it was born. I was on my face five years ago, November 26th. I'll never forget. You need to teach people how to teach people how to share their message. Oh, and then I got excited all again, but I need something to pull me. I don't, don't let me off the hook of this life. And I, I got to say, in, in preparation for this interview, I've been, we were talking a little bit off camera before the podcast, before we started recording. And I was talking to JJ Virgin, I was talking to people and I was like, what, what can you tell me about Lisa? And the one consistent thing they kept saying is Lisa is the goat. She is the greatest of all time. G-O-A-T. She's the goat speaker. And I've been consuming your video. And I, I have to tell you, when I'm watching your videos, 
I feel like you're talking to me. I know I'm watching a YouTube video where you were at a fest or you were somewhere else. I'm like, she's, she's talking to me. Like she she knew, how did she? So what is it about being a, so you talked about, you know, developing the speaker Academy or the speaker training. What is it in order to be, to achieve the, the accolades and the, uh, the, the type of transformational speaker that can move the needle for people. What, how does personal development factor into being a personal? Can I just say in the words of my niece is everything. (laughs) Like she says, auntie, you are everything. It Mm -hmm. is everything. Listen, you can't take a 64 ounce, let's say 64 ounce. You can't take a 64 ounce dream and put it in a 24 ounce container called you. Mm. all day long. Sometimes your dreams are bigger than your capacity. Ooh, you got a, you got a 64 ounce dream, but you got 32 ounces of capacity of forgiveness. You got an 80 ounce dream, but you got a 40 ounce capacity of courage. Oh, oh baby. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Drink it up. For those of you, for those of you listening, Giovanni is drinking water now. If you can't yes, see yes, yes. <laughs> So I'm a real big component, which is why I do, I, the only two things I do in the world now, personal development to the depths of people's core mm-hmm. and speaker development to the height of your dream. Those two things. Because if you want to show up big, serve big, pray big, play big, stand big, fly big, then you need to expand your personal capacity around how you forgive you, how you embrace your childhood, how you release and stop holding hostage people who wronged you 20 years ago. How you can stand in your greatness with knees knocking and teeth chattering. How can you live in your duality, own your brilliance, and own your chaos at the same time, in the same minute? How can you share more of you to the world without being attached of their perception of you? How can you embrace the idea other people's perception of me ain't even none of my business? How can you do that? How can you? How can you create a life that's barely recognizable and live more in the unfamiliar, Stephanie, than you are ever living in the familiar? How can you wake up every morning and commit to the unfamiliar, commit to the inconvenience? I tell people that that your conviction and your convenience don't live on the same block. Mm-hmm. Oh it's yes. Your personal, mm-hmm. It's your degree of personal development. It's your degree. And, and I don't even want to say personal development because it sounds so packaged these days. Mm-hmm. Everyone says personal development. Everyone says human potential development. Really, when you look at the, doing the work, investing in you, it's waking up every day. Get this. And signing up again to be inconvenienced on behalf of your dream. <sighs> Somebody going to get that when we hang up. Y'all, it's <laughs> Zoom you need to rewind 15 seconds. Uh, Listen to that well, again. Hey, hey, yeah. hey. Yeah. Yeah. Your life is in the last 15 seconds. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can go get your life, go back 15 seconds. Right? Yeah, you got it. And so, so like, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm a stand for people not getting attached to who they've been so that who they're becoming can be midwifed out. Good God. <laughs> so that is, that can sound, I think that is, you know, A, the prescription for living a good life, but that can be incredibly scary for people. I think, you know, when you hear it, you have this emotional welling up and like, yes, I want that. I want that. And then when you start to move towards that goal, uh, and I can, you know, very personally, I can tell you that, you know, I remember the first time I was getting up, I was speaking at Archangel. Uh, I was like, I had a 10 minute talk. I was in front of 1500 people. I freaked out. I am incredibly bullish on sauna as a therapy for recovery, heart health, and overall aging well. I personally decided on an infrared sauna from Sunlighten because of the range of far wavelengths and near infrared wavelengths that it offers. Saunas help with detoxification and rejuvenation to rid your body of toxins. It helps with heart health by improving circulation, reducing blood pressure, and helping keep the arteries supple. It helps with muscle recovery by easing the tension and soreness to recover faster. And of course, stress reduction with the warmth and the relaxation of sitting in a sauna. It's crucial for hormonal balance and achieving 
achieving a state of well-being necessary for a strong physique and a strong mind. If you visit sunlighten.com slash better and use code better to get a discount. That is sunlighten, S-U-N-L-I-G-H-T-E-N.com slash B-E-T-T-E-R and use code better at checkout. So I wanted to maybe dive into your opinions and your thoughts around fear and then what happens, you know, maybe reframing the way we think about fear and then maybe how we can move through that. Because the, the one, I'll tell you, I was overprepared for my 10 minute talk. I had it down to the, the tone. I knew when my tone was going up. I knew the pause between the word, like I knew it all. But the moments before I got on stage, my mouth, it was like, I couldn't, I had no saliva. I was free. I wasn't talking. So the, what actually I, which what I did was I literally threw my hands up and I said, I've already won. I've already won. doesn't matter. I'm just going to help one person. And that was the thing that was literally the only thing. I thought you threw your arms up to dry your armpits. Yeah, you, yeah, a little bit of that too. Sweaty, like, ah! <laughs> a little bit of that. But that's the only thing that I could do was like physical movement in that second to kind of move me forward. So have a mind shift. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you can speak to uh, overcoming fear, reframing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I specialize today in primarily playing with people who are playing big in the world. Yeah. So hashtag, I'm around people who are nervous all the time and afraid all the time. Because <laughs> just because you decide to play big doesn't mean you've learned how to evict fear, right? Mm-hmm. So number one, I go back to what I said before. Your conviction and your convenience won't live on the same block. So don't look at fear as it's intrusive. Look at fear as, oh, you're the inconvenience that requires me to become convicted to do that thing I said I'm going to do. So we make these glory declarations and then we, we seem surprised when we get nervous, feel betrayed, feel abandoned, feel alone, feel confused. Hello, when you grabbed a hold of that big dream, you just welcomed in all those feelings. You just said, hold, hold on, goodbye comfort. I want to ha- make a difference in the world. Okay. Hello, nervous. Hello, afraid. Hello, lonely. You know, from the moment you have the vision, because from the moment you have the vision, you start getting frustrated because no one else gets your vision. From the moment you have the vision. And here's what I know. If no one else gets your vision and no one else is supposed to get your vision, because God only gave your vision to you. Mm. You're the only one with your vision. And your job is to birth No one knows what your baby looks like. We cannot say why you're six months pregnant. That's a cute baby. (laughs) (laughs) We just got to wait and hope it's a cute baby. And so, but no one even tries to say it's a cute baby while you're still birthing it. And yet like that, like a child, an unborn child, we want everyone to see and celebrate our vision while we're still birthing it. And by the way, you're not birthing it in year one. Heck, you're birthing all the way up to year six. Yeah, it can't just be born. It has to have some legs. It has to walk. It has to talk. It has to like. It has to do something. A bank doesn't even consider your real business until five years. And mm-hmm. so it's the same thing with your with your with your vision coming out. And so when people say I'm afraid, I say, Well, you the one chose the dream. Like you act as if they weren't supposed to meet. When you say I'm going to dream, say and I'm ready for the fear storm and I'm ready for the lonely nights and I'm ready for the early mornings and I'm ready for the long time between the doorway and the window when the hallway feels like I've never gotten there. We're waiting to arrive. That hallway between your vision being born and it getting super easy and everyone get that's a long hallway. Mm. That's a long hallway. And so like we're surprised. I'm gonna say don't be surprised. Pull up your big boy pants. Pull up your big girl pants. You, Let's do this. You, you mentioned Year six, we're actually in year six of Archangel, and I've I've spotted a pattern. I think you'll resonate with this um, because we do a lot of events, and I get to see every speaker before they go on stage, like Stephanie. And the pattern I've seen is that the ones who feel the most either anxiety or excitement or or energy right before they go on stage are the ones who care the most. They're the ones who care the most about making the biggest difference in what they're about to do on stage. Does that resonate with you? Absolutely. I think fear feeds you. So you, you, Stephanie, you said how to work with fear. I'm going to say, change your relationship to fear. Yeah. Uh, change, change your relationship. So don't try to pray it away, uh, meditate it away, talk about it away, get it coached away. It's going to be there with you because the bigger you play, the bigger your breakdowns can potentially be. And if you're not having breakdowns, oh, by the way, you're not playing big enough. And 
relate to breakdown differently. Breakdown is just a system that needs some tweaking that's informing you. That's it. And so when I look at the majority of the things I did in my life, I did them with some level of fear and trepidation. So here's the deal. Fear is sitting there with you and fear is saying, I'm right here. And most people are waiting for the fear to dissipate before they go. I say, listen to fear. Does fear say you need to study more? You need to get a coach. You need to get help. You need to do some personal development. Fear is informing you of what that. you need to do. And so I always say, your life is like a car. We're, uh, treat your life like it's a car and you're in the car. And what we try to do is we try to kick everything out the car. Anxiety, you got to get out the car. Fear, you got to get out the car. Old behaviors, you got to get out the car. And I say, hold on. As long as you're in the car, all of your stuff is with you. <laughs> Everything. Your old behaviors, your fear of abandonment, your neediness, your, your, your unconscious uh, sense of competition and comparing yourself to others. Just be okay with that and tell every behavior, including fear, okay, you get to come with me. But you just need to sit in the backseat. I'm going to drive. And, and what, not be a backseat driver. Right. And what happens is sometimes we let fear drive. Yeah. And so I think that one of the most freeing things I've done for myself is I let all of my humanity come with me and not come with me silently, Giovanni. I talk about her. I laugh. I go, listen, I'm Lisa Nichols. But right between Lisa and Nichols is Shantae. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she's naughty and I got to tell her, I need you to get in the back seat. Sometimes she's, sometimes she gets fearful, you know, when someone leaves my company or when I, my a relationship is, she, she jumps in. I go, hold on, hold on. I, I know you get nervous. Let Lisa Nichols drive. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've, le- I've taught myself. And so different parts of yourself will drive and all you have to do is go, hold on, you get to come with me but you cannot drive. And I think what we do is we try to evict it out the car and then get upset to realize, oh, dang, it's still in the car with me. It's still on the journey. When it's always going to be on the journey, as long as you're on it. One of the, I love what you're saying. I say this in a slightly different way when I'm working with clients. And we talk, I talk about being the observer of the voice, but not necessarily the recipient of it. So you can hear the voice and thank, you know, Shantae for her input. But at the end of the day, it's going to be you who makes the decision. So you can hear the voice, but you don't necessarily have to be the recipient of it. Yep. I love what you're saying. Do, do you think that information or the acquisition of information plays a role in helping to overcome fear? Absolutely. But not just information. Information needs to move and become a cellular understanding, like not an intellectual pastime. Mm -hmm. So many people collect information. We are information junkies. Like we go on Google for one thing and we end up in somebody else's life doing something, studying something, and they can't even remember what we started. That's me. Right. There's so many people. Everyone, (laughs) type your name in chat if that's you. Just type out yourself. And so um, information junkies. And so I learned when I was 21, I was just working on my spiritual relationship. And I had walked away from church a long time ago. And I was trying to find my way back to my spiritual awareness. I encountered this minister and she told me the best thing ever. She said, oh, honey, and I'm 21 and I'm feisty, you guys. Ooh, I was just like, right? I was spicy. Heck, I'm spicy now. So you can imagine before it was all, you know, cultivated. And I remember her saying, don't try to learn a lot of scriptures. Don't learn a lot of quotes. There are many people walking around quoting quotes, but they're not doing anything in their lives around it. She said, sweetheart, I want you to learn it and then live it before you ever learn the next one. She said, if you only, if you spend an entire lifetime and you've only learned six quotes, but you're living six quotes, you'll be a better human being than most. And I took her literal. I was like, okay. I studied one quote for three years and I was okay with that one scripture. And then I moved to another scripture. It didn't take me as long. I studied that one for two years and I, and literally until it became a part of my DNA. So I don't do intellectual learning. I do DNA learning. I want it to be in my cells. You don't have to think about when my right leg goes forward, the next thing I'm going to do is put my left leg forward. And that way I'm walking. You don't even think about it anymore, Stephanie. You don't think about it, Giovanni. I want my lifestyle. I want my up-level behaviors to think like that. I want forgiveness to come to me like that. I want, I want compassion to come to me like that. I want 
taking my next breath in the midst of a storm to come to me like that. Mm. So, mm. so I'm all about learning, but I'm about thorough learning, 360 learning, cellular learning, DNA learning versus intellectual learning, collecting and then regurgitating a whole lot of data that I'm not living. I love what you're saying because I think a lot of us are very cerebral and in many ways our bodies are just like containers to walk around our brains with, right? They're just like holding the brain walking around and we never actually integrate it from, you know, the jaw down. So I I love that cellular learning, the concept of cellular learning. That's awesome. I, I always say I live in a figure eight. I live in a figure eight, head, heart, head, heart, head, heart, head, heart. I live in a figure eight and I hold myself accountable to that. So if I see my, hear myself going into lecture, I go, hold on, hold on. Let me take a trip. 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 And if I feel myself living here, here, hold on, hold on. Let me take a trip. 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 So I live in a figure eight so that both of these muscles are constantly being developed and never, ever get into atrophy. And they understand there's a relationship between the two. So I don't make decisions without feeling what it feels like. I don't feel without logical data. And abundant thinkers make their key decisions based on logic, not emotion, based on facts, not longing. However, use feelings to help fuel the decision you made. Mm-hmm. And I think that really helps. Giovanni, you can't even write that fast enough. Good luck. <laughs> I think that also helps with uncovering some of our blind spots, right? Like you can think you're woke AF, right? And have the t-shirt to match it, but you may not necessarily realize where, you know, you can't be blind to that, which you can't see. So I love this concept of kind of checking in up and down. What are, what are some of the ways that you have found that you can, cause that also, that also requires you to, to trust in yourself as well, to trust that your body knows maybe before your brain does, or maybe that, that your brain cannot conceive, your body can understand it. What are, what are some of the ways that you have been able to develop trust in yourself? Absolutely. So number one, I recognize that I have an internal GPS. I have my own God placement system. And my internal GPS will never scream. My head screams. My internal GPS, my, my intuition, she whispers. She's not a screamer. And so my job is to get quiet enough to hear the whisper, to hear the pull, to hear the hold on, hold on, caution, to hear the, yes, you're nervous, but it's okay. Like you, so I always say prayer is asking the universe for what you want. Meditation and stillness is being quiet long enough to hear the daggone answer. Yeah. And so I constantly, because my life is busy, my, my mo- momentum is busy. So I go, hold on, where's my stillness? How do I create space to sit with me and to affirm me? I affirm me constantly, not in a braggadocious way, not in an ego-based way. I affirm me. I affirm me right after a poor decision. And I got to tell you, when I make a mistake these days, it's always six figures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> attorneys and all kinds of stuff. And I make them, but in the midst of my chaos, I'll still affirm me. And so number one, affirmation and affirming you so that you can believe I trust my guide. I trust me. I trust my guide. I trust Mm -hmm. my decision-making. And if that's not where you are, that's okay. Do the personal development to learn how to trust yourself again. I didn't always trust me. I, I, I didn't know, but my life was an evidence of why I shouldn't trust me. Jelani not having pampers, the, having $11.42 in the bank, you know, being in toxic relationships. Heck, why would I trust me? And so I had to heal, find the healing and recognize that I, I could take myself as far as I had taken myself and to go get a coach, go get help, go get someone to add to value of what I was doing and who I was becoming and then begin to shift and then turn around and remind myself, look at where you were, look at where you are, trust yourself, sis. And so once I did that, and then I incorporated stillness, and then the last thing, and I want you to type in chat this word, I began to consciously see the evidence of my good decisions. I looked, Giovanni, for evidence. If you don't look for evidence, you won't see, I look for evidence in a court of law, Evidence will get a a guilty person off. And in the court of law, evidence will set someone free. And I said, if it works for the court in the court of law, it should work in my life. And so, Stephanie, I began to look for evidence. And I realized I was discounting the evidence. People telling me, wow, Lisa, you really made a difference in my life. I go, oh, that was nothing. 
I just discounted the evidence. Mm. Someone would say, Lisa, wow, you should have a speaking program. And I'm like, nah, I discounted the evidence. And it's happening all around us. People are showing us who we are. They're, they're celebrating our, our greatness. I have to be willing to give myself permission to see what they saw. I see you saying I, I do that too. I see you, Angelique. And I have to give myself permission to say, hold on, I'm seeing evidence everywhere. Let me take in the evidence. And then I begin to just sit and trust that people had no reason to lie to me, that what I felt was right was right. When I made a wrong decision that I can bounce back, I can collect the lessons and move forward with the lessons now that some of my best decisions now in business came from very big mistakes in the past where I pulled the lesson forward. So when I fail, I always fell forward. When I fail, I fell often, but I always fell forward. I fell with the goodness that I did. What did I do well? And I fell with the lessons. What lessons did I learn? And then I take on the future like ready, running, like, okay, I got some good information. It might've cost me half a million, but I got some good information, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 and it's the knowing you trust your intuition and that quietness in you when you know, and this is me, this is the biggest difference between, I think me and, 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 and some of my, my, my really great friends where they started before me, I, I started, um, we started at the same time and they're like, how did you go so far? How did you, and I said, I was willing to fail. I was willing to leap and completely fall. I was willing. I was willing. You were only committed to leaping and flying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that, you got to get that. I was okay with the fall. Why? Because, Stephanie, I trust that I can always get back up. <laughs> mm-hmm. I trust my get up. It's not about my fly. I trust my get up more than most. I don't worry about, I literally don't worry about, I'm not saying I'm invincible, not at all. I'm just saying I'm my stagger up, Giovanni. <laughs> it might take my breath away, but I never question getting back up. So what happens is, Stephanie, when you don't give yourself permission to fall because you're trying to save face, you have, you're trying to prove, protect, hide, or defend. I'm going to tell you right that's one of four things. You're trying to prove, protect, hide, or defend. You don't want anyone to know, so you won't give yourself permission to fall. You're, you're trying to make sure you fly, so you're like this. Hold on. <laughs> hold on let me make sure it works hold on i'm almost ready and you never fully take a running leap even if you leap you just kind of hop because you want to make sure a hop doesn't fall as hard well i'm willing to splat because i've seen myself splat before on the pavement and get back up and when you're not when you don't give yourself permission to fail you really haven't given yourself permission giovanni to fly Wow. That this the beauty. It's a dichotomy. It's a dichotomy. It's not saying you ever plan to fail. It's just saying if I fail, I'm okay. Because I'll get up, I'll gather my wounds, gather my lessons, and I'll run again with more information. And but most people are, are working to prevent a failure. Right. And because of that, they actually they might leap and they might soar, but they never fly. They never see it. They catch a little wind but they don't work the wind. I work the wind, but I work the wind even if it's going down. I go, uh-oh, rut row. And I think giving yourself permission to fail, there's also, a, there's also an element of being able to forgive yourself as well, right? So if you fail, you're not ascribing, you know, some emotional or some, you know, uh, achievement accolades, you know, that you're a failure, you're, you know, you, you give yourself the permission to fail. And this is, I have to be very, in my experience, this has been the life lesson that has challenged me the most, the forgiveness of myself. You and a and lot of good people. You and a lot of really great people. You're in great company. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> really, I'm, I've talked to amazing people that we all admire. You're in great company. Yes. Yeah. And I think that when we when we think about forgiveness, the process for me anyway, and maybe you can maybe you can uh, speak to this, but my experience around forgiveness has been messy. It's been nonlinear. It's been painfully slow at times. And I, I often wonder, you know, when we think about the concept of forgiveness, so whether it's forgiving yourself for the failure, for the splat, or it's for, you know, past traumas, emotional traumas, physical trusting, traumas. trusting someone who betrayed you. 
try, exactly. Is it an instantaneous thing? Is that a, is it a story that I'm telling myself that this is going to take a long time or is it just the onion slowly peeling off? You cry a little bit, you go back to the onion, you cry a little more, you know, what, what does the process of forgiveness like maybe look for you, maybe in your experience be useful or what does it look like in, in terms of the people that you've coached? So many people listening right now would love for me to say it's instantaneous. Like, hey, yes. you get it in a microwave, right? Yeah. Uh, or you can Google download, forgive me now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the app. There's yeah. an app for that. <laughs> right. And it's free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. And the reality is, and, and you know me, I'm straight, no chaser. Mm. You guys know. <laughs> Forgiveness is an act of giving yourself permission at a whole deeper level. See, when you don't forgive you, you've only given yourself permission to win. And not fail. And so you are holding yourself hostage. Mm. So an unreal, you asked for it, okay? Mm. You've, you're holding yourself hostage to an unrealistic expectation that sets yourself up to be disappointed with self repeatedly. You are more forgiving normally to other people than you are to yourself. It is an act of self-love or lack thereof, not total, but a portion. When mm-hmm. I begin to love Lisa more, when I begin and I begin to hold her, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm willing to sound crazy. There's freedom in, there's freedom in being considered crazy, by the way. When I begin to hold Lisa in a more compassionate way, I went, oh, you get to forgive them because, and you get to forgive you because you didn't know what you didn't know. I did this exercise, this might sound crazy, but I did this exercise because I was so mad at myself for some things. This was years ago. And I did this exercise where I visualized my 21-year-old, and at the time I was 44, I'll never forget, my 44-year-old, and I just sat and visualized them meeting. It was crazy, Giovanni. And my 21-year-old, right, my 21-year-old, 21, 22, 23, she was angry. She was angry at God because she had so much hurt from church. She was angry at her community because it just felt like it was in chaos and lack and violence. And she was angry at herself because she had made some decisions that didn't feel good in relationships. She had no money. She was just mad. But she had hope. But she didn't know how to reach her, get to her hope. And so I let them, I, I visualized the two of them meeting. And I let my 21-year-old, this is where the stretch comes, Stephanie. I let my 21-year-old say everything she needed to say. And I said it out loud. I hadn't used that kind of language in years because I'm evolved and I'm conscious and I'm the secret teacher and I'm transformation and I'm, 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 I'm. And my 21-year-old is in there saying, could you please let me out? I, I got something to say. And as long as I'm trying to outrun her, outproduce her, outshine to the world, don't see her, I'm telling her, be quiet, shh, I'm leaving, be quiet. And as long as I'm shushing her, she's not going anywhere. She's she's underexpressed. But I don't think I could express her anymore because now I'm conscious. (laughs) And conscious people don't have these thoughts. And so on this day in my bed in Redondo Beach, I gave myself the gift of a lifetime. I let her talk. And I'm going to tell you, she MF'd and AF'd and did this. And, and I just let her talk and I let her just and cry and, and all the betrayal that I had experienced, all the lies, all of the times I believed in someone, all of the times someone had used me. I just let her say it. And I let her, t- it was like she was telling on, the, on life, right? But she was talking to my 44-year-old and I was just standing there just holding the space for her with no judgment. And she was going off. I mean, she was all L.A. She was, she was, she was raw. She was raw and she was spicy and she was juicy and she was delicious and she was mad and she was passionate. And then when she finished, I said, if I were you, I would be angry too. And I would be scared too. And I wouldn't forgive either. I wouldn't if I were you. But I'm not. I know more. I know more now. I know that holding them hostage to my anger doesn't serve them or me. Mm. I know now yeah. 
that a part of me is paying the price for my own resentment and anger. I know now you don't have to know it. I literally talked. I said, you don't have to know this, but I know now that my future will pay for my past if I let this anger come with me. I know that now. And I literally, in my visualization, I held the little Lisa's face. And I said, if you trust me, that I've learned more, that I've learned how to forgive in a way that still honors you. I've learned how to release and love in a way that still honors the dignity of you. That forgiving them doesn't part in their behavior. It just frees you and I. And I held her face. And I said, can you let me lead? But can you always come along? I remember that day in Redondo Beach sitting in the middle of my bed. And she has been at peace ever since. Because it's not your you now. It's the old you that's triggered. Mm-hmm. Old you. It's the old you that wasn't in control. It's the old you that felt a victim. You maybe were a victim. You maybe were a victim. It's mm-hmm. the old you that, that felt under-acknowledged. It's the old you that didn't have the skill set. But the old you is jumping in the now, and the, and the you you are today has, haven't had a completion. Right. I, do, I do personal development retreats, and I promise you, they're the only place that I walk people through this because it gets funky. When I tell you there's a room of conscious people, everybody's fussing and cussing, and it's beautiful. And you just, then you just hear everyone run out of gas. And then all of a sudden, you hear this soft conversation of compassion come up when the you you are today begin to talk to that you that, need, that needs that safety. It's beautiful. I don't know if you want to try this at home, uh, but you asked, and I, I, I didn't know how to tell you intellectually. I just needed to show you because that's what I did for me. I love that. And I will also say that that's something that Giovanni and I, we are you know, partners in Shine together, uh, life partners, business partners, and we, we have learned to do that with each other. When the other person is getting triggered, it's usually because there is an unresolved trauma from the past and we need to be able to hold space for little Steffi, you know, little Gio and be able to say, you're safe here. It's okay. And I, I, I just love what you're saying because once you give that gift to yourself, I mean, yeah. I'm like shaking right now. When, when you give this to yourself, you have the, you have the opportunity to gift that to, you know, yeah. in my case, it's going to be my, you know, my husband, and all, but also my children as well. There must be something very special happening with the two of you and with your tribe because I never, ever tell that story. That's very personal. Mm-hmm. That's very personal. Like that experience. I don't, I don't sit, share mm-hmm. that often. I can hear maybe twice in my life I've shared that story. So something mm-hmm. stirring that's calling forth the next level of transparency, power, um, all of that. So I stand with the both of you with that. Thank you. A few Thank days you, ago, Lisa. I shared with Stephanie, I had a visualization where, um, you know, in terms of getting to my own power, I was holding myself as a baby comforting myself with respect to abandonment issues and putting my little Johnny, because uh, as a kid, people call me Johnny, putting yeah. little Johnny into a crib and then visualizing, and I'm a superhero nerd, so visualizing all of the Avengers surrounding the crib, protecting little mm. Johnny, and now he's safe. And my job is to keep little Johnny safe. Mm. And little Johnny feels safe. Big Giovanni is the most powerful he can be. Yeah. Um, and it was just such a cool, and I was sharing with Stephanie. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. We're on the yeah. same path. I never know how it's going to sound because it's kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm right at home. I'm with my sister and my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. If there's, um, I am so excited to have you. Uh, I don't know when we're going to be releasing this podcast, but you are going to be coming to Archangel yeah. uh, in October. What can people look forward to? I know you, like I said, you are the goat. You are the greatest of all time in terms of... I've never heard that before. That is so crazy to hear. (laughs) I'm blushing, but you can't tell. (laughs) I feel it. I can can feel it. Yeah, I'm going to turn a deep, dark burgundy, I guess. (laughs) What can can our attendees look forward to in terms of, uh, you know, I I know that you are so giving and you're so open. Uh, Maybe you can give us a little taste of of the brilliance that is Lisa Nichols on stage. I am coming for your breakthrough. I'm coming for nothing else. I'm coming for your breakthrough. I'm not an entertainer, though I will be entertaining probably, 
I'm coming for your breakthrough. So come in the room expecting, I want my breakthrough. Come open, come ready. Come come willing and open to have some disruption because I'm going to come till the soil. I'm going to till the soil of your thinking, till the soil of your belief system, till the soil of your behaviors. And then together, we'll plant new seeds. And when we plant new seeds, then in the subsequent weeks and months, a new harvest will grow. I'm coming to till the soil. I'm coming, you come empty, I'll come full, and I'll pour everything I have into you in the time that we have together. I'm coming to break a chain of a belief system. I'm coming to connect a chain of new possibility. I'm coming so you can see right around that corner what was normally in the shade. I'm coming to shed light on it. I'm coming to turn the light. You see the light? I'm coming to turn the light on it. <laughs> I'm coming for that. And I don't say that like I'm, a, like I'm a, 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 real, a real superhero, but I know my assignment. I know my assignment. So you come ready. Come hydrated, <laughs> like Giovanni's doing. Stephanie <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I were slacking. We need to drink something. We need to drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get your sleep. Take your B12 sublingual <laughs> under the tongue. You don't have time for a tablet to dissolve. Come ready. Like I literally, and I'm a workhorse. You guys know I'm a work, I, I'm a stallion. I'm an Arabian. I come ready. So morning, noon, night, I'm ready. Long haul. It is not a sprint. We will have a marathon together. And so expect something to be accessed and awakened that you hadn't even felt yet. Come in the room expecting to feel the sits of tingle. And I can't tell you what that tingle, where it will take you. I'm just saying it's going to start in that room and it gets to carry you to wherever it is you set your GPS to. And it will be the beginning of something. And, and I don't come looking for short-term relationships. I'm a long-term relationship kind of girl. And so we will all find ways. I want to stay connected to the tribe. I'm very selective on where I go and play and always say, direct my path. And you'll direct my path for relationships. And so come expecting a breakthrough. I, I, that's all I can say. Expect a breakthrough. And, and you know where you need your breakthrough. If it's in your marriage, if it's in your relationship with your children, if it's in your relationship to money, if it's in your relationship to you and money, if it's in your relationship to your health and wellness, if it's in your relationship to your dream, to you being able to impact millions, you decide where you need a breakthrough. And I'm going to bring the breakthrough. You just got to come ready to get it. So there. So we're gonna. I have to just. I just have to thank you. Uh, this has been such an incredible hour of bomb, gold bomb, truth bomb <laughs> after bomb after bomb after bomb. You really bring it. Like I just, you are so real. I just, I'm blown away by your your presence, and it's so clear that you have done the work. Thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. My. My grandmother always said that people select you. And when they select you to speak to their community, they're putting a trust in you. They're putting an immense trust in you. And so I never assumed that you didn't have plenty of options. And I'm always grateful when I'm chosen. And I'm always mindful of being a good steward with the message. So thanks to both of you. hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find all this information at our website, bettershow.co. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-S-H-O-W.co. Maybe the simplest way to keep in touch with me is to sign up for my email. When you go to bettershow.co, there'll be a little pop-up and I send a weekly email on all things mindset, nutrition, fitness, uh, longevity, aging, things that are capturing my attention that week in a newsletter that we call Brain Candy. You can find me on social, on Twitter, it's Dr. underscore Stephanie. On Instagram, I am Dr. Stephanie Estima. That's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-E-S-T-I-M-A. And finally, a legal and medical disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only, and the advice, discussions, and recommendations that we discuss on this podcast do not replace medicine, chiropractic, or any other primary healthcare professional's advice or care. There is no doctor-patient relationship that has been established in the consumption of this podcast, and the use and implementation of the information contained here are at the sole discretion of the listener. The content in this podcast is not intended to be used as a substitute for any professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment.